Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the conversation. We are Symbol Athletica, the brand of the purpose-driven. We stand for people that stand for something. Today, I'm going to try to share a massive new insight I had over last weekend regarding the whole food, nutrition, energy, philosophy thing. Really new insight, one so dramatic that it's actually fundamentally altering how I frame out my approach to eating. So the goal of this podcast is to give you things to think about, to share something that I found pretty interesting and maybe um, put you on a path to discovering something of your own and you might come up with your own original idea or that you might find something useful in this conversation. So I'm calling this conversation, it's going to be a, a synthesis of multiple things we've talked about in the past, multiple ideas, multiple images, all merged into one moment, one moment, one thing, one idea, one insight. So I'm calling this episode Photosynthesis, Rise of the Low Fear Diet. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the conversation. So today I'm going to actually try to share an insight that I had last weekend that overlaps and crosses over multiple ideas we've shared on multiple podcasts. It's one of those moments where everything seemed to just click into focus and you see things suddenly in a new way, in a new light. And this insight I have has dramatically shifted the way, uh, the framework I use to approach the whole food, nutrition, energy thing. And it's not often that I make fundamental shifts, but this weekend caused a fundamental shift. So I thought I'd share it in real time. Um, It might give you some ideas, some things to think about. Remember, the point of these conversations are to give you food for thought, give you perspective, give you ideas that might spawn new ideas of your own, might give a different way of looking at things you already know. It might introduce you to new ideas, all of the above. So this isn't a prescription as much as it's an invitation to help me better understand this insight that has dramatically changed my framework for approaching food. So a couple of things um, laid the groundwork for this. One was just the background I have on understanding the uh, advantages of uh, plant-based diets over time. This isn't a new thing. Um, I've long held to the belief that, you know, plant-based, di- plant-based diets are great for you, but if you want to uh, maintain a lot of muscle mass and explosive energy and a lot of the things that I, I try to enjoy in like martial arts and things like that, then meat is the, seem to be the shortcut and mainstay way to do that. And that's one school of thought I'm coming from. Another school of thought I'm coming from, I have two fundamental enemies that I try to use my nutrition to combat in my effort to, to lean into high performance. And that's the two enemies I try to habitually bat, combat is the stress hormone cortisol 
and um, the overproduction of uh, estrogen. So I've been manip- I try to manipulate my diet in ways through nutrition to just ma- to minimize the negative effects of those two things, or especially the combination of those of those two things. The other idea, and I'm jumping through a lot of ideas because all of these are going to converge in this this new insight. We talked about it on um, the the podcast we did called uh, Super Super Food, where we talked about the idea of bioaccumulation. And bioaccumulation is a simple concept we all um, probably understand. And it's a a, a simple illustration of of what bioaccumulation is, is um, let's just say, you know, plants are pulling their nutrients from the soil. If you corrupted that soil with, say, radiation, then some of that gets passed to the plant. If an animal came along and then ate that plant, some of that get passed along to the animal, then we come along and eat the animal, gets some passed on us. So we kind of all know this. The things that hit the news that we most like, we talk about most often, that's a great example of bioaccumulation, is the, is um, pesticides. You know, pesticides go from farm drain off through plants, through animals, to humans. So we know that that's a, and it can still have negative effects. So that's another, the whole bioaccumulation idea. And then um, we talked a lot about, uh, in different podcasts, just a lot about uh, matter and energy and vibration and all these things. But let me, let me just tell you how it all wrapped together in a way, and, have, and it's forcing me to look at food in a brand new way, in a brand new way. Because, you know, I, I, a, a great document, another thing that added, that was kind of a catalyst to this insight was I watched the documentary movie called The Game Changers. And in The Game Changers, it's, an, it's a great movie on Netflix or even on the internet. And they give, they give you kind of a research-backed view into plant-based diets for extreme athletes, like strongman competitions, MMA fighters, some football players, etc. And they do blood work. They do all kinds of different examples to see what the difference is between getting your protein source from plants and getting your protein source of meats. And, then, and it's just a pretty interesting watch. So I encourage you to take a look at that documentary. If you've not watched it, it's worth the watch. Um, so, you know, after watching that movie, I was watching that movie and I was just being reminded of how powerful a plant-based diet could be for, for a protein source, not just in general for antioxidants and all that stuff, but for a protein source. And I've, you know, I've been resistant. I've been resistant in shifting from meat as my primary protein source, even though I know that it's much more healthy to eat plants. It's just, you know, like we always talk about, the need or the fear hasn't been great enough to, make, to literally shift the, the foundation of my nutrition. I limit it and I eat things in moderation, but still meat is the, has been the mainstay of my protein source until now. But here's what made me make the shift. Was not, what, what made me make the shift was not the, all the research on you know, heart disease and just you know, fat and saturated fat, all those type of things that we hear about all the time and we know there's a consequence to, to eating meat, right? Or eating lots of meat. So, but here's what made me pause and stop and just immediately take a right turn. When I overlap all those ideas I just talked about, and I realized that, okay, if I were to look at food as 
just an expression of energy, like I do. I think the whole world is just an expression of energy. And this may get a little weird or a little abstract for some, but hey, it's my podcast and I can only use the language that makes sense to me. So, you know, you know, we look at things that are, if all things are energy, well, actually Einstein says that, right? All things are fundamentally energy, right? Mass and energy are essentially the same things. And you get down below that and all this energy is vibrating and all this stuff. We talked about some, a lot of these great ideas, but inside energy is information. Energy has the ability to create, record, and share, store energy, information. And here's the big light bulb, lightning bolt. And this may not make sense to anybody but me, but it made a whole lot of sense to me. So here it is. I'm recording it in this podcast that if I looked at food as information, as information, then that changed everything for me in an instant. And here's why. Because all animals live the majority of their life in fear. Think about that for a second. Most animals, all animals, if not all, most animals live a large part of their life literally in fear. Fear of getting eaten, fear of getting hunted, fear of getting trapped, fear of getting caught, fear of the unknown. Just they're constantly overlooking their shoulders. They're constantly looking around. They're constantly ready to pounce and run and hide. Uh, the majority life of most animals, maybe even humans, is, is fear. Now, you guys know how much I talk about our needing to deal with fear and how big of a nemesis it can be. But this new look, this new look at food as information, realizing that an animal spend the majority of its life in fear. Now, suddenly I'm realizing that that fear has to be encoded in that animal somehow, somewhere. It's there. It has to be encoded, that whole bioaccumulation kind of effect, right? It's in there. So if I'm eating a lot of meat, and this is just my little take on it to give you food for thought, is I'm ingesting encoded fear. That changed everything for me. That completely changed everything for me because you know the things that I talk about most on these podcasts are different angles and ways that we need to understand, be aware of, and leverage, minimize, or leverage fear. But now, am I willing to actually consume fear-based programming on a daily basis? Absolutely not. In fact, I need to minimize it completely. If, I need to minimize it. So here's, here's what came out of all of this. And these, I mean, once I had that insight, my mind just went spinning. And I thought about this for the last couple of days to get clear enough on it to try to share it. It's still in a rough form, but I think you can get the bits and pieces of this and make sense of it on your own. But here's now how I, my new framework for approaching food. There are things that are in my diet on a, on a consistent basis that I know have some potential good effects to me and, uh, and some negative effects. For example, I've had, I have two drugs of choice, caffeine and alcohol. And both of those I approach in a very controlled way because I view them as drugs. I, 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 I know I monitor the milligrams of caffeine I take in a day. I have limits to how much I can take a day and how often I would take it in a day. The same with alcohol. I, can't, I don't abuse either one of those drugs in terms of quantity and or frequency. I would never take caffeine five times a day, nor would I ever drink every single day, multiple times a day. I would just, I just wouldn't do those things because I know the negative consequences don't make sense to do that. So 
as of now, this is going to sound weird, I now have three drugs of choice from the food category. And by drug just means the category, how I classify them, and how I treat them. Doesn't mean what they actually are, because I now have three drugs of choice. Caffeine, alcohol, and meat. I'm going to treat meat the same way I treat dietary drugs of choice, my dietary drugs of choice, which means I have to minimize the frequency, minimize the dosage, and be cognizant of when and how, how often I indulge in the drug, right? And I don't double up, just like I would never drink and take drugs at the same time. I would never, I'm, I can't, I'm, the, same, the same rules will kind of apply for my new three drugs of choice. Now, how does this affect my approach to keto, low carb, high, you know, protein diet, um, high natural fat diet that I love so much in keto and intermittent fasting? So the way I'm going to apply this is I'm actually going to maintain the exact same diet I've been on. I'm just going to swap out the main source of protein to plant-based protein. I've already done it. I've already, I've gone out and I've gotten some high quality plant-based protein because I know the average diet in the normal places I have access to for like lunch and things like that, I may not have adopt, the protein the options I want. So I went out, got plant-based protein, and that's going to be my protein source. Now I'm going to also, um, and I'm shifting my intermittent fasting to be intermittent fasting of carbs. So the intermittent fasting is going to be, I'm going to apply this. I'm giving you in real time what my experiment over the next month will be. I'll tell you what the results are. But I'm just doing this in real time. It's kind of, this is more like a, a real time captain's log, right? <laughs> but I'm going to apply the intermittent fasting where I go, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 hours sometimes. Now I do sometimes without eating anything. But now I'm going to start doing that before I eat carbs. But I am going to eat protein throughout the day. So I'm going to have protein in the morning, plant-based. I have a protein during the middle of the day, plant-based protein during the middle of the day. And then carbs come later in the day in that intermittent, after that intermittent fasting window has passed. So um, I, I, I like this idea, but here's why. Here's why, because it makes this whole fear thing was enough. You know, I love meat. I'm a steak eater. I love meat, love meat, love meat. But all it takes is that little shift of awareness, that little distinction, and it changes everything. So now, if I think of meat as being an encoded fear, I don't want to eat it as much. I mean, in fact, it was the easiest shift I made was that. It was the easiest thing in the world, a shift I've been on this now for four days. And the easiest thing for me to do is to try to find a plant-based plant, um, source of protein because I want to minimize my fear. So I'm, I'm actually calling this new diet I'm on uh, the low fear diet, just like you have a low fat diet or a low carb diet. I'm calling this the low fear diet because in, in my worldview, I find it very hard to believe that, you know, because animals live their, all their life in fear, some of them live their lives in, in absolute terror, that that is somehow not encoded in the bioenergy of that, of that animal, which means it's consumed by us and that coding just gets passed on to us. And I just don't think that serves us. <laughs> I mean, I, who am I? Right? What, what do I really know? I don't know. I don't know what I don't know, right? But that makes sense to me. So I'm going to go a month on this low fear diet. 
I'm going to still consume protein, plant-based protein. Everything else is going to stay the same. And now, because I'm in my 90-day transformation window, I'm doing this in the second 30, right at the, I got this insight right at the start of the second 30 days. So actually, I'm going to be able to compare second 30 days to the first 30 days and see what, if there are any significant differences. The other interesting thing is I feel a lot more um, I will. I feel like I have the ability to be a lot more cavalier about um, the like the other restrictions I have to have on my on my diet, right? Because if I can if I can be okay with shifting to the plant based diet, then I know all the research says that's just way better for you. Um, but if I can do that and still get the benefit of what I have been eating meat for outside of taste, right? Just from a, as a protein source, then I, I'm, I would be way ahead. The other insight I had is that, um, you know, in my combating the two uh, enemies, I call them, to, to you know, su- being super fit, especially as a guy, is just managing cortisol and, man- and managing production of estrogen. The things I use to, to combat those are natural plants, are plants. And so I'm kind of, I was kind of doing it anyway. I was kind of eating meat and then using plants to kind of keep everything optimized. And now I'm going to just, just flip that around. It's just so interesting how, how quick and easy and clear that became once I looked at, the, once I looked at it as a fear, as a low fear diet. Nothing else did it for me. Not the saturated fat, not the none of that stuff. Not even the, not even the hormones and the you know um, GMO. Oh, I mean, none of that stuff was enough to steer me away from eating meat. But I, I, I definitely get the fear thing. So I'm gonna. I have no way to prove that fear is encoded in meat. It just makes total sense to me based on all the stuff I've known. It just, I just don't see how it could not work that way. So I'm gonna see how if I feel any different at the end of this 30 days. Now, uh, you've now been introduced to the low fear diet. <laughs> I know some of you are like, it's funny because I've, I've now, only sh- I've shared this idea with maybe two or three people and the minute we, the minute I say the obvious, which is, uh, uh, is always obvious once you see it, right? It was the same when I had the insight was that an animal lives all of its life in fear Everybody pauses on that for a second and we're like, holy crap, they do. You know, most animals, wild animals, the kind we eat, right? I'm not talking about your pet, you know, rover. <laughs> I'm talking about wild animals. They're born in the fear, they live a life of fear and or terror, and they get they and then they their life's ended. You know, so I don't know that that's good. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe all of this is just a conversation I'm having with myself and I'm just doing this experiment because, you know, it seems logical, but maybe it doesn't work like that at all. But it makes a lot of sense. It sounds right, feels right. So that's what I'm going to do. So that's what I wanted to share with you, kind of a real life thing in real motion. I am now 30, I think I'm on my 33rd day out of 90. Um, And I'm doing a lot, like today on my cardio, I do a lot of, I'm doing a lot of slow burn, low impact cardio, which primarily is built around walking. Like this morning, I went on a nice long walk. You know, you walk for two hours, you know, it ends up burning 800 calories on a nice brisk walk. And it's not a run. It's got to be slow. You got to keep the, the heart rate down actually enough 
so that your body is kind of, you trick your body into burning those stored fats as, as opposed to trying to burn the glucagon and all that other stuff you burn for high-speed explosive energy. You don't want to tap in. For, you know, first of all, the, the uh, intermittent fasting should help deplete you of those energy sources. So that's why I try to, I try to do my workouts and stuff on a, in the fasted state. And then I, you know, I think I'm going to be able to be a little bit more carb-friendly, actually, um, now that I have these, I'm treating alcohol as a controlled substance <laughs> because the, uh, my, my, my calorie on a weekly or monthly basis is going to be really sh- cut because, the, because I'm going to have to eliminate just a change in alcohol intake. It's going to, from a calorie perspective, is going to be a deficit. So this should shift a lot of things in a positive direction. We will see. Maybe I'll get good results or maybe I'll get no results. One way or the other, I will be reporting in. So hopefully you get, this gives you something to think about. Um, as always, I'd like to invite you to let other people know about the random conversations we have here at Symbol Athletica. We are going to be bouncing all over the place. We've started our interview series. We've had, I think, four maybe. I think th- four of them. we got about three or four more coming up in the very short order. All of them on different subjects, all from different experts, and all super interesting, I think, and great info. So um, if for nothing else, just stay tuned so you can catch those great interviews. And you never know, I might bounce across a subject and talk about a thing in such a way that you might have your own aha moment. Because the Symbol Athletica tribe, we live for those aha moments where we see a clearer path, a more powerful path to getting better at stuff. Thanks, everybody, and I will see you on the next episode.